This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and with me in studio today, I have David Donaldson, who is the CEO and Clinical Director of the Atlanta Healing Center. And alongside him, I have Michael Daly, who's the CEO and um, our brain scientist at the Atlanta Healing Center. We're all here today to talk about why we do what we do at the Atlanta Healing Center. So thank you both so much for joining me thank today. You. Thank you. Very glad to be here today. Um, this is a subject that we often have to answer the question, well, why are you doing that? Your program is different than other folks. I don't really understand. Can you explain to me why this is important? So we decided that it might be helpful to have a radio show dedicated to that subject so that we could not only refer our patients and potential patients and their families to it, but also just in general, I think it's important for folks to understand the state of the art in terms of addiction treatment. We also promise in our last segment, so please stay tuned, that we're going to talk about an exciting new program that we're going to be offering at the Atlanta Healing Center that will be of interest, I think, to not just folks or, or folks who have the disease of addiction or their families, but other people who may not suffer from those problems but are having some other issues. So please stay tuned for that special announcement. But thanks again for being here. And is it true we get this question all the time? It is. That's one of the, that's one of the questions that I get asked by the loved one that generally makes the first call. Um, it's a loved one that, that is concerned for the patient their their family member or spouse or um, brother or sister or whatever and they want to know what the program is about and and usually they know about many of the programs that offer 12-step model they offer um, the group and the the general IOP model Um, and they just always are curious about our our neurofeedback our QEEG um, the hormonal um, and then also the medically assisted recovery. And those are things that are different at the Atlanta Healing Center. While we, of course, adopt many of the traditional treatments and modalities for treating addiction, including 12-step facilitation, we have learned over the years, and I, I say we not meaning me, I mean our treatment team, over the years that we really have to respect that this is a brain disease. We're not paying lip service to the idea that it's like a disease or that it's a potential brain problem. We we recognize, we understand that this is a genetically inherited disease that certainly has environmental and family and social and trauma-related issues, but that the disease itself is a brain disease, and it's a disease for which there are a number of well-studied, scientifically-based evidence-based practices to help a person get into good recovery and better health. And with that in mind, perhaps we should spend a little time just discussing what traditional addiction treatment has mm-hmm. been from, from our backgrounds um, so we can, can really look at what we're doing a bit different. Um, um, 
I've I've been in inpatient settings. I've been in IOP settings. I've talked with people in different settings around the country. And and the the basic model um, is um, group therapy, where you know they're identifying stressors, they're identifying relapse um, dynamics, they're identifying relationship and codependency issues, mm-hmm. and, and using the group model to work on those, which is great. We absolutely recognize that that's important, and we do we do, do a lot of that as well. Of course. Um, they'll have 12-step education or 12-step facilitation. They'll have um, um, a real emphasis on abstinence. Um, and, and real often that becomes um, like the god of the program, quite <laughs> right. frankly. So taking any sort of medication or taking... Um, um, any medication to assist in the recovery process is is certainly something that's ta- um, frowned on, quite frankly. Um, and and so, talking about having um, having difficulty and and needing some additional support is often met with this is obviously not the right level of care for you, and you need to go more intensive, or you need to be inpatient. And and there becomes this this real model of. Um, if I don't conform to this specific modality, I'm going to get um, punished. Or kicked out. Or kicked out. <laughs> so we we talk about it, and it's often touted as a brain disease problem, but it's treated more as a moral failing. Right. That you haven't obeyed the rules. Your drug test is positive for things that shouldn't be in there. You have done something, you've questioned, you've relapsed, you've done uh, a behavior that while we recognize very clearly is part of the disease and part of the disease and recovery process, many times that is met with, and so you're not ready for treatment, so just go ahead and leave, or like you say, now you're going to have to go to an inpatient program or some consequence is going to happen because of your disease. Now, don't get me wrong, we certainly never let someone stay in a situation that's not safe. If they're having thoughts of harming themselves or someone else, if they're acutely psychotic, if they're having medical complications, if it's a dangerous and complex detox, then certainly there are times and places when someone needs a higher level of care. But that does not usually have to include someone having a slip or a relapse because of their addiction and where they are in their recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and real often the message is if you have a slip or a relapse that you have that this is not right and you're going to have to go somewhere else. Um, and, and what that promotes is we're not going to tell you the truth about it. Um, and, and a lot of places in the past On the few part years, of the patient. Is, uh, that's right. Yeah, that the I'm patient's not going to tell you. I'm not going to say that <laughs> it happened. Um, um, and aspects of, of the, the, the disease, you know, having, a, having denial about, uh, about how progressed the disease is or all the changes that you have to make in your life to recover from the disease um, is met as you're being resistant or you're non-compliant, um, and, and you're not really focused on recovery, you're just hanging on to your disease, um, totally dismissing that this is something that's impacting their brain and their decision-making um, organ in their body and putting it on um, their, their weakness and their moral failings. Well, I always tell people, 
if if a person came to us with diabetes, and certainly lifestyle changes can help with that. Absolutely. But there's a point where it becomes necessary to use medications. Now, if a person missed their medication and then had a relapse, you would never kick them out of the diabetes clinic or send them off to another doctor and say, I'm sorry, um, you're the wrong, you know, you're not behaving correctly here and you're going to have to go somewhere else, you know. But that's sort of the, the mentality that you see with the treatment facilities, some of them. And, and that gets, you know, into society and it just keeps promoting this thought that if they would only do the right thing, they mm-hmm. wouldn't have this problem. Well, you know, the right thing is that they have a brain disease. Mm-hmm. And once, once they add that chemical, they have no control over it after that point. And that, I think, goes back to the, the original treatment programs and the original development of 12-step um, support groups and these kinds of entities. For a long time, people with the disease of addiction, and I'm talking about the early 1920s, late 1800s, many of the cures that the medical community or the traveling salesman <laughs> came up with were actually medications, and I know you all can't see my air quotes, but they were medications that actually contained things like cocaine and heroin and alcohol. So there was this mistrust of the medical community, and in many ways rightly so, Mm -hmm. that has remained even up until this day. Unfortunately, many well-meaning doctors not understanding the disease of addiction will diagnose patients with a sleep disorder or a bipolar disorder and give them medications to treat those um, with ADD or with pain and not properly screen and evaluate and monitor the patient to understand that, well, they might have ADD, but guess what? Now they also have an amphetamine addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes it feels like, and actually is, uh, an iatrogenic or caused by the doctor or the treatment process that the patient has now been been in a position to exhibit their symptoms of addiction. So there's been this uh, separation from traditional addiction treatment centers and traditional uh, treatment philosophies that has separated and focused on a spiritual solution or an abstinence solution as opposed to seeing this as a brain disease that yes there are spiritual and there are behavioral changes that need to happen but there are also medical interventions that can be very helpful in diagnosing managing this illness treating this person so that separation and Medicine has been on the outside and has really been the ugly, necessary stepchild that because of licensing issues, because of uh, certification issues, you have to have a doctor associated with your program, but they're usually a 
drive-by mm-hmm. physical exam and a drive-by psychiatric evaluation so that you can check those boxes off. But that medicine and mainstream understanding of the brain disease has not really filtered into most treatment centers. So it's it's been this continued path of really not trusting doctors, really not trusting the science, and keeping to the same old, not same old, that sounded not good, keeping to the same traditional methods of managing this disease without understanding we've come a long way, baby. Right. And and I, I many times I'll talk about, you know, if, if we were treating cancer, we wouldn't use the technology from 30 years ago because the cancer treatments that they have today are astounding and, and they're so much better than they were 30 years ago. And, and the truth is that we've, we've gained a lot of knowledge about the brain, about the way the brain works and neurotransmitters and, and chemicals that, that occur and that have such a big role in people's behaviors and addictions. And because of these neurochemicals, because of the effects of the drug themselves on the brain and the person's body, and because of the effects of the disease of addiction, we have to really look at the whole person in order to really make a diagnosis. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that diagnostic process at the Atlanta Healing Center and why it's different and why it's important. Please stay tuned. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. 
So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today we're talking with Michael Daly and David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center. And if you want to learn more about our programs, please go to www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com or you can call and talk to Michael at 770-696-9862, 770-696-9862, and learn more about our programs. We often get the question, which is our topic for today, why do we do what we do, and what is our philosophy of treatment? And we talked in the first se- um, segment about the traditional treatment programs and the ways in which those have evolved and, and developed. Now I think I'd like to shift gears just a little bit, if that's all right with you gentlemen. Yep, certainly. Uh, to talking about the diagnosis because I think that is a really critical question and there have been some very interesting cases that we have all seen over the years where if I were a betting woman I would have bet good money this person absolutely has the disease of addiction it can't be anything else and then when we've gone through a very thorough comprehensive evaluation have gone, whoops, there is something else here that is (laughs) explaining all of the symptoms and it's not addiction. So an assessment, I think, and an initial workup is really critical. Absolutely. Well, and I think that um, people come in to that setting with with the mindset already that you've diagnosed me with addiction and so you're going to get a a lot of resistance and a lot of defensiveness and a lot of minimizing um, um, because rarely is somebody who who actually has the disease of addiction just walking through the door and saying hey I need to have an assessment they're being sent there because of an employer or because of a spouse um, or a parent or a judge or a judge (laughs) 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 because part of what their brain disease (laughs) is doing is it's hitting the pleasure pain center of their brain and it's saying hey I'm just fine I'm cool this is making me happy and y'all get off my back so they're not going to just stand up and say, let's go talk to these people and and share our deepest, darkest secrets. And so it is really important, and we talk about it amongst ourselves and our staff all the time, that we have to keep an open mind, that we really have to experience the person when they're first coming in mm-hmm. in a way that lets us make sure that what we're dealing with is the disease of addiction. Right. Often the storyline looks very similar, and someone abusing drugs, and we've talked about this before, looks a lot like someone who has the disease of addiction. They've been drinking too much. They've gotten a DUI. They're in big trouble with a lot of people. And it's real easy to then just make that assumption. Well, quacks like a duck, walks like a duck. 
But guess what? It's a goose. And so a, someone who has abuse, who has abuse drugs and has some consequences, when they're faced with those consequences, they are able to go, oh, wait a second, this is really crazy. I'm not I don't want to I, go I'm through not going to keep doing this. Right. And they will be able to change course. Turn around, not need to use drugs, not crave drugs. They will be okay. They might need a detox still. They might still need some legal help. They might need some relationship patching help. But they don't have the genetically inherited disease of addiction, this brain disease that requires medical psychological, spiritual, social, behavioral intervention. And so we have to always take everything with a grain of salt when we first see somebody. I think it might be helpful. Now, sometimes people are referred to us because they've been in an inpatient setting, and so they're coming to us as step-down. Sometimes they're referred to us because they've been to a lot of other treatment centers Excuse me, and they're looking for a different approach, mm-hmm. and they want a more thorough evaluation. But sometimes we are referred people from a licensing board, an airline, um, a hospital, a business, where the, the question is, what's going on? This person has changed. They're acting differently, and we want an assessment, a complete medical, psychiatric, addiction, neurological assessment to say, why is this person behaving differently? Why have they gotten themselves into a lot of trouble? So, Michael, you take these phone calls all the time about doing a what we call a formal uh, forensic assessment. Right, and, and many times they call it a fit for duty, um, where the person is, is being asked to come in um, to have a, an evaluation with you, which is um, generally about a two-hour visit, um, and then they will they will see David usually for for an addiction assessment. But then we also do a neurocognitive test, and then we do what's called a brain map or a QEEG, as well as um, blood work and, and labs. And once you get all of that information together, then that begins to show. Collateral. Oh yes, um, and and we also uh, will call up to five different collateral interviews to talk to different people that they work with, that they know personally, that they may be friends with, that they may have an ex, you know, person to see what 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 the what the story is about this person, and and what do these people, these various people, have to say about this person and and their behavior. Well, and a lot of what we'll discover is is that um, there'll be other significant issues that are impacting this person that they might have addiction or they might have some signs of, of chemical abuse and and they definitely have other issues that are, are huge and need to be addressed. Um, and if if they just get slapped with okay you have um, alcoholism and you need to go do this and this, um, these other issues end up getting just um, pushed aside. pushed aside or minimized and and not addressed. Um, and so some a lot of times it'll be we really need to to get some su- support for a relationship issue or a codependency issue or an abuse issue or um, a 
significant chronic pain issue that, you know, to just say to a person, I'm sorry, you're going to have to be abstinent, is not uh, an acceptable um, statement. And we'll also have some folks that upon the neurocognitive testing, our brain health report, we will begin to see signs and symptoms consistent with mild cognitive impairment or sometimes a more significant cognitive impairment. Mm -hmm. So the changes that are seen in the workplace or in the home may not be due to a chemical, may not be due to bad behavior or they don't care, may not be due to a depression or a bipolar disorder. They may be due to an early form of dementia. Mm -hmm. So there are all kinds of things. There are medical problems that can also result in significant problems. We see thyroid disease. We see adrenal disease. We've seen pituitary tumors. We've seen all kinds of things that have generated to all outward um, looking looks just like someone who is intoxicated, someone who has had um, uh, been abusing substances. And, you know, again, if I were a betting woman and they just walked in the door, I'd say, hmm, probably addiction. And many times we are surprised. So it's really important that people get a real thorough evaluation. Because as you said, David, if we just make that initial assumption, and even if the drug test is positive for alcohol, as we expected, if we're missing that there is um, a cerebellar degeneration because of alcohol, if we're missing that this person is hypothyroid, if we're missing that this person has extreme stress hormones, we are leaving them not only emotionally vulnerable and vulnerable to relapse, their lives may be in danger if these things don't get corrected or addressed. Right. Real often, we'll have people who will come in who have been on some sort of medication since they were in second grade because some teacher said, this kid's got ADD and we can't have him in the classroom. Um, and, and so that person now in their, their mid-20s or, or even their 40s will have been on um, Adderall and then they'll have been on sleep medications to sleep at night and they'll, they'll be at this point showing clear tolerance to both of these medications and so they're very much looking like somebody with bipolar disorder um, and and so doing these other tests we're able to, to really look at that um, patterns in the the Michael mentioned the brain mapping and say um, you know you don't actually have ADD you um, you have a lot of anxiety over here you have portions of your brain that are showing that it's it's um, not receiving the information that's not communicating, and, and those are, are things that we can help you with. Um, but throwing medications aren't the solution. And for a lot of people, this is a real wake-up because they've been taking some pill right. since they were seven years old. And the, they take the medication for the... 
unfortunately misdiagnosed attention deficit disorder. And now they have sleep problems, like you said. So now they're taking a sleep medicine. And over time, the sleep medicine works less and less well. So they take more and more of that. Now they're anxious during the day because they don't need to be on a stimulant. People who take stimulants and don't need them feel anxious. So now they're taking a benzodiazepine to calm them down, a sleep medicine at night. And their treatment is not necessarily for the disease of addiction. The treatment is, please stop the Adderall and let's detox you off the benzos and the sleep medicine, and you're probably going to be just fine. So this kind of assessment and really looking at the whole person and getting feedback from the family and the environment that they're in creates for us a very informative picture and helps us develop a real appropriate treatment plan to address the issues that they need. And they may need treatment somewhere else, and it may not be an addiction problem at all, but we can help and look and develop for them the kind of information they need to make good next steps. What I think so amazing, though, in the process is that once all of this information is gathered, um, at a traditional place, my experience has been that this is all put on a treatment plan and the cl- clinicians decide this is what we're going to do, but they don't actually share that information with, with the, the patient. patient. And the next step when, when we sit down and really tell a patient this is what's showing is eye-opening. It is. We're going to take a break. We'll talk a little bit more about treatment planning and ways in which our treatment is a little bit different. Thanks for listening. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings for Medicine on Call and participate in a lively conversation. Learn what's happening behind the headlines in medicine. Understand Obamacare and learn how to protect yourself and navigate the system. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. 
they can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and I have with me David Donaldson and Michael Daly from the Atlanta Healing Center. Our topic today is why we do what we do, the philosophy of treatment at the Atlanta Healing Center. So we've talked a little bit about the differences in more traditional treatment centers, Uh, We've talked a little bit about our initial assessment and the reason that we find it so helpful and why it's so important that we actually go to pretty great lengths Mm -hmm. to assess the patient and to make sure that we have the right diagnosis or diagnoses. And then we put that information together in some treatment planning form that, as you said right before the break, David, it's pretty eye-opening to the patient because often they have not really been informed about what their diagnosis is and what um, is recommended and that they've been asked to join a program that is a certain number of things, a number of groups, number of sessions, and that individualization is is tossed about a lot, but is not really what happens. We really mean individualized tra- treatment planning. Oh, absolutely. We, we deal with each person um, as an individual directly. We want them to know that that um, that we value them and that they are very important in our lives and that we hope that we're able to provide them the answers and guidance and direction that they need to be able to get a get a um, firm understanding of their recovery process and to be able to move on with their lives. Um, the, the part that I think is just really um, pretty special to what we do at our, our, our center that, that I've never seen at another place is... is Really sharing with the patient the whole evaluation process, the the information that's been drawn from that process, and we actually will invite the patient to invite someone else to come be a part of that session. Um, um, that and it may even be over a couple sessions that they're going to be getting so much information that it's really going to be more than they can retain themselves, um, and and they need an extra set of ears um, that they can trust and that will be able to help them understand the information they get um, right. when they when they hear all of the information that they're going to receive from that session. And and generally, you know, you may get a little bit of pushback from, from the patient that they don't want um, a mother, father, husband, wife, whoever, in that room hearing this information. But, you you know, we, we help them move through that fear and let them know that the more information their loved ones have – and the better understanding that they have of the disease of addiction, the better off their relationship is going to be and the easier time they're going to have moving through the recovery through process. Through the process. So, so when I meet with them initially, I'll meet with them for two hours to do a psychiatric evaluation, a medical evaluation, and we're looking during that time 
Uh, also, they see the nurse and they do a formal nursing assessment. We need to make sure that they're stable and safe. And if the patient does need to be on a detox medication or they need some additional medicine to help them with cravings, that is certainly instituted the very first day, if mm-hmm. at all possible, that the patient is seen so that the patient can be safe as an outpatient. Uh, after that, they meet with David for an hour. The brain health report takes about an hour. It takes them about an hour to do a QEEG. Um, they do some drug testing. They um, meet with various staff to... And dis- they get, a, they get uh, an order to go have their blood drawn also. The blood work done, and that's um, that's always a production and an ordeal because it is a lot of blood. We're looking at their neuroendocrine, neuroendocrine system. We're looking at all of the hormones. We're looking to make sure that their liver and their kidneys and their bone marrow are all functioning normally, that their adrenal glands are, that we do some... Um, low-level genetic testing with that initial blood work, and sometimes we will have to move on to more formal genetic testing because there are some genetically inherited diseases besides the disease of addiction that may be impacting their recovery or the treatment plan that we might make for them. When we've got all this information together... Then I will meet with them again for another um, two hours. Sometimes that's done in one session, sometimes in two sessions. And I will go over all of the lab work and we'll go over the brain map. And it's through these two things that I think patients and their families really began to understand why we say this is a brain disease. When they can see how a um, and I'm using my air quotes here again, a normal brain should function, a male their age, a woman their age, how it should function and how their brain is functioning compared to that. Mm-hmm. And look at what kinds of symptoms that they're experiencing based on what we see in the brain map, including the disease of addiction. If it exists, we can see that, those patterns in the brain map it suddenly really begins to make that difference, I think, for patients to understand that we're not paying lip service. We we really mean you have this disease, and here it is in living color, mm-hmm. and then here are the first steps and the recommendations that we're going to make to make sure that you enter the recovery process with as much support and as much um, opportunity to be successful as we can provide for you. Right, and... For me, the, one of the things about that process that's so fascinating when I see patients' eyes waking up and, and realizing this is that the, the QEEG process, um, part of it is very passive. They have an EEG cap on their head, and, and their brain waves are being measured when their eyes are open and when their eyes are closed, and they walk out of the room thinking, well, that was interesting. Um, <laughs> or weird. <laughs> but then they're given a, a computer, and they're sat down, and they go through a a series of questionnaires um, over the course of about 45 minutes, um, which produces a report that you're able to sit down and show the patient these are the things that you're noticing, that these are the symptoms you're experiencing in your life related to managing stress, related to sleep, related to ruminating, um, ruminated to a a whole list of things. Reading comprehension, math problems. And then you're able to look at them and say, these are problems that you recognize you're experiencing that are being caused because of things going on in your brain. 
And these are things you're experiencing that you probably need some counseling around because they're not physical in nature. And, and you're able to help them really see the difference between mm-hmm. there is a physical reason for this, and it's it's um, something we can definitely help you with. And these are these are some specific counseling issues that I encourage you to take to your counselor and really begin addressing in that setting. And that I think is really the beginning of that that treatment plan and allowing the person to see uh, exactly what is going on for them and where some solutions might be because that's the important thing particularly in the beginning people come to us because things have gone really badly they are beat down they're discouraged they're in despair and this is sometimes their first glimmer of hope right that there really is first of all a real problem it's not just that i'm being a jerk it's not just that i don't care it's um it's not that i'm not trying there are some neurological issues that can be addressed through neurofeedback and through some um potential medications or supplements and and th- there's some hope here. Mm-hmm. There, this it doesn't have to just keep being the same thing for me over and over again with all of us in my family sitting around scratching their heads going, why is this not working? Why can we not get this person healthy again? Mm-hmm. And And what's interesting also is with going back to the brain map and, and the neurofeedback is that they get – they get the results on an ongoing basis, and and at about the eighth or ninth um, treatment, we're able to run what's called a mini queue or an assessment, and it's showing them that these were the areas of of deficiency and how they've improved, and and then these are the areas that maybe were overactive, and we've been able to bring them down, or you know show them in real numbers what what they're experiencing and what they're seeing and at the same time we're gathering their own personal feedback about how is your energy how is your sleep how is your appetite how is your anxiety how is your pain how are your cravings so that we can also track their personal progress based on their self-report and compare that with what we're seeing in terms of the changes in their brainwave patterns and their improvement, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, of their of their status. For people that might not be familiar with neurofeedback, uh, it's a very simple process. It's a very complicated process. Uh, uh, sophisticated kind of computer program that we we have to use. In fact, we use three or four different databases and programs to help make sure that we're doing the right thing for the patient. But when we get the initial brain waves, the electrical activity of their brain, that information tells us areas of the brain that are, as you said, Michael, working too much or not working enough or working at inappropriate times. After that, the patient comes in and they bring their brain to the party, but they're not really invited. Uh, Our neurofeedback technicians are talking electronically to their brain. So the person's watching a video. They're concentrating on the video. And what happens is as their brain waves, say, relax a little bit, they're not quite so anxious, the movie plays better. 
and then it goes back to normal. And if the person can stay out of their own way long enough, the brain will go through all the possible combinations and figure out how to make that movie play correctly. So that's the reward. When that is uh, accomplished, then the neurofeedback specialist will then make the program harder. So now they got to work a little bit harder, like going for physical therapy or working out with a personal trainer. We're working and we're improving and we're moving along and the patient's seeing that, measuring it, and we're measuring it as well. When we take a break, we're going to come back and talk about how we put these all together and our new special program at the Atlanta Healing Center. Thanks for listening. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and Medical Director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and I have Michael Daly and David Donaldson with me today from the Atlanta Healing Center. We've been talking to you about our philosophy of treatment and basically why we do what we do. But I think that it is very important that we also recognize that out of our work with patients and their families, we begin to realize that many family members are suffering from similar kinds of difficulties with sleep, with anxiety, elevated cortisol, hormonal suppression, 
poor diet, lots of lots of similar kinds of things because of the stress that they're undergoing living and loving someone who has been active in the disease of addiction. So we created the Atlanta Wellness Center, and we brought in Dr. Elise Jones-Bailey, who is an OBGYN and also trained in functional medicine, to help work with our patients, family members, and loved ones, also members of the community who may want some of this additional testing and support for themselves. Out of this, though, has also come questions and requests and referrals to help people that don't necessarily have the disease of addiction or who have been in recovery for a number of years. And they're beginning to notice that they're having some difficulty with their memory, with their focus, concentration, with their ability to complete their tasks as efficiently and effectively as they have before. Their brain is not working how they would like it to. They can tell that there is a difference. And this has been a real important request. And so out of this request, we have developed a number of ways in which we can be helpful to restore brain functioning and to improve performance. Right. And we're we're calling it the the performance. Peak performance for your brain. Correct. (laughs) We're we're still working on the name a little bit. But but at this point, peak performance for your brain, um, utilizing many of the same techniques, the the, uh, initial brain mapping, the initial... Um, self-evaluation questionnaires, the, the recognizing the areas in, in your life where you're, you're seeing deficits and issues um, and being able to look and compare to, to is this life stressors that you need to learn how to manage or is this some actual um, biological functions that we can assist you with? Right. Part of that will also include the neurocognitive testing. And an important part of this is not only does it highlight areas in which you might not be functioning at as peak Uh a level as you would like, but it highlights for you very specific brain games that you can play to improve those areas that you're having deficits or to improve your memory, your ability to self-soothe, these kinds of things. So those brain games are part of it, Mm -hmm. and you can then retest and see how you're doing and also track your improvement. So a person might come in, have an evaluation, order again some lab work, maybe some additional lab work looking more at nutritional status. We would look at um, a brain map and then um, talk to them about what kinds of issues that they have been experiencing. There have been kind of an explosion, really, over the last few years of nutraceuticals that have been specifically designed to improve cognitive functioning. Mm -hmm. So these are particularly uh, important supplements that may be very helpful to restore brain function to its previous uh, good and high level. We know this has helped certainly with our patients that have had issues because of using drugs and their disease of addiction. We have seen some very marked improvement. So for people that have not had that in their past or have, 
they may even experience a greater improvement in their ability to focus, to concentrate, make decisions, complete tasks, and um, improve their creativity. And those are the things that we can work on with the neurofeedback, the supplements, with some coaching, and other lifestyle improvement stress management to really help this person be the very best person they can be. Right. And they just need to call um, give me a call and we'll set up an appointment and an evaluation and then I'll explain everything that's that's included with the package and um, get them on the schedule. But we've we've seen marked improvements in so many people that uh, that haven't really been there for the addiction portion. Well, and I, I regularly will hear from family members who've been in the sessions where they've gotten to learn all about the information that um, that is derived from the tests. And, and um, frequently, like if it's a young adult there and one of the parents is there and they go home and start talking to their um, their spouse about all the information, there's a real jealousy that they missed that <laughs> session and they didn't get to get all the information. And regularly they're asking, now, um, we want to have these evaluations done. Um, um, we're not going to do it just yet because we've got – We've got our son that we're taking care of, our daughter that we're taking care of. But we'll have some who come back later and, and end up setting up time for themselves to have these similar evaluations and to get the information. And even the ones who have just taken advantage of the assessment process have really commented on how beneficial the information has been for them. Mm-hmm. It is uh, certainly something that we see nowadays, which is that as people are getting older, we don't want to get older. We want to keep our bodies in good shape. We want to keep our activity levels at the level we want it. We want to enjoy life. We want to be happy and healthy. And for many people, particularly high-functioning people, the biggest scary thing, certainly it is for me, the thought of losing my brain capacity, the thought of not being able to experience life to the fullest is really a scary thing to me. And I can tell you from my own experience, I am not a young person, I will admit that, and I have a bit of an older brain. I also have four different boards, board certification, that I have to sit for recertification tests on a fairly regular basis, which means that I have to learn a whole lot of new information on a particular topic every few years. And because of this, I really have benefited myself personally from using the neurofeedback. The um, neurofeedback specialist will work particularly on my memory pathways, my memory networks, and my concentration, and it has been extremely beneficial to me. At least I haven't failed any of my boards yet, so (laughs) knock on wood, let's find some. But I've found it to be very helpful because I am really able to absorb more information and I'm able to not just rote repeat that back, which would be nice, but I find that for myself I'm able to make connections and to think about things in a creative way, in a way that 
is not really what I'm used to, even. And so it's been a very interesting process for me personally. And I think that other folks have also had a similar kind of experience, that it doesn't necessarily take a brain that has been significantly damaged to benefit from neurofeedback. We can reduce significant symptoms like sleep problems and anxiety and ADD symptoms and depression, cravings. All of those things can be helped with neurofeedback. But when you take it to the next level, using it to enhance your performance and to improve how your brain is functioning, that's a whole new and exciting level of experience that uh, I think we, we can offer that to folks. And the nutritional supplements and sometimes assisting with hormone replacement can really make a big difference for people regardless of their age and um, help them with their, meet their goals. Well, and, and we've had people that, you know, have talked about being on, on an antidepressant or anti-anxiety med for quite a while and still not getting what they feel is the ultimate mm-hmm. release. And once they start with the neurofeedback and they do some of the hormonal things, they start to feel so much better and they're able to let go of the of the um, anti-anxiety med or the antidepressant and and just you know by by having their hormones checked and, and rebalanced and then the neurofeedback they're able to um, live happily and function well function yeah many of them um, uh, people will come that are having issues with um, um, test anxiety or performance anxiety or they'll have events that they have got to be able to um, stay calm and focused at. And the part of what the, the brain map shows really clearly is when <coughs> when your brain is not going into decision-making mode or it's not going into rest mode, it will start getting into this incredibly hyper-fast jackrabbit mode, and we can help calm that down so that you're able to function and perform when you need to. Which is really important. And we do have some folks that have also had some mild head injuries, uh, some unfortunate traumatic events for which they've also seen some improvement in their memory, their concentration, and their function. So we do invite anyone who might be interested in the Atlanta Healing Center for support of a loved one who has the disease of addiction, the Atlanta Wellness Center for help with stress and codependency issues, or if you're interested in peak performance for your brain, please call us at 770-696-9862 or check us out on the web at www.atlantahealingcenter.com. And we will see you next week on Detailing Addiction. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.